Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Last of Us Podcast. I am your host, Albert, and today we are going to be discussing episode six, entitled Kin. Right. Tommy, that's it. I think the biggest takeaway from this episode. Um, just really good to see him, I think, you know, spending over five episodes now because for the most of this one we were also wondering is tommy okay especially near the start of the episode uh with that like if he's beyond the river he's a goner like kind of harrowing but um but yeah no i i really really love this episode again as always um uh this uh, show continues to really set the bar continuously like episode after episode um uh, for its genre uh, and just for i suppose like just tv unto itself a lot of people are saying that especially you know you heard a lot of people saying that around um uh episode three as well you know this notion of like it's not just good as this show which is genre and then also an adaptation um but just yeah, unto itself, which is really, really heartening to see. So, um, but in case you don't know, uh, this is the uh, community uh, um, side of the Last of Us kind of post shows, deep dives, after shows kind of environment. Uh, there's plenty of wonderful after shows out there, and including the official one hosted by Troy Baker. But uh, yeah, we've been going since uh, 2018 at least, leading up to the release of uh, part two. And it was quite the journey there. And uh, my regular hosts at the time, uh, you know, Anne-Marie and um, Catherine uh, from the US and Denmark, respectively. It was a great time leading up to uh, that title. And I think the reason why part two, I guess, is on my mind is uh, because of the, um, well, the part two-ness of this episode. It honestly felt like so much of it was brought forward, like including visiting Jackson. And uh, they even acknowledged it in the official podcast, which is obviously spoilers, three, two, one, what was totally for me, Dina. I mean, Craig sort of played coy, but uh, a wonderful little tease at uh, our our amazing um, Dina from from part two, who is I think my favorite character in that whole in that whole. Um, I mean, I love I love the, the craziness of the seraphim, you know, or the seraphites. Excuse me, um, but uh, but no, I, I it was wonderful to see her, and it was wonderful to see. Um, yeah, just Jackson itself. It's so solace bringing after so many episodes of just, especially after the last one. You know, Neil mentioned this on uh, the official after you know after show with um, with Troy, but uh, it was it was good to have that break after something like um, yeah, like Sam and Henry. So um, yeah, I I I still think Sam and Henry's one was just so gut wrenchingly beautiful, and it's it sort of is right there as like the episode for me of the series so far but i really really love this one too it's uh you know yeah getting um, i'll bring up the um uh the window that i have here so we can discuss um but yeah 9.3 over on that uh, that there imdb very very proud of um of uh, everyone everyone involved you know neil craig um pedro rutina who is um debuting in this one as maria miller uh, Graham Green, uh, Gabriel Luna, Paulina Van Cleef, uh, the staring girl. Isn't that interesting? So shall we uh, have a, have a look if we can see the beginnings of a Dina type 
uh, kind of vibe to this person. How do we feel? So this is in Yasmina, a, uh, again, we'll just follow that lineage, a millennial multicultural Cinderella searches for her own magical happily ever after. So love that. And uh, I could definitely see, um, yeah, her stepping into Dina's role. Really, really cool. Yeah. And again, they've they've just gone with the essence and the the spirit of the character, you know. So Caradonna, um Kasia Caradonna, I think her name is, who played Dina in uh the original, uh, as in the, the external appearance, then you have um from Westworld, you have uh I think it's uh Shannon Shannon Studstill, is that her name? Shannon I think that's the uh <laughs> the uh, what is it the I think CEO of Santa Monica Studios, but uh, let's see if I'm like, yeah, she's the producer of God of War, but it's it's Shannon Woodward. Sorry about that, getting my um, Shannon's crossed, but yeah, she did play Dina in uh, in part two, um, and it's so crazy. It's Shannon, you know, you know that she had a, had a hand in making this entire adaptation uh, possible, you know, with. Uh, connecting uh, Neil to Craig and so love that little glimpse of Dina which is like her baby her character and it was totally Dina so uh, and uh, again as revealed as you've probably already heard because uh, you always should go to the official one first but Neil did mention that there was a um, uh, it was like an intentional nod to when in part two you find out how Joel and uh, so how Ellie and, and Dina first met and it was under similar kind of like not the most romantic kind of circumstances of like, I guess her going like, what are you looking at? Like, it's just, it's very, very charming. Anyway, that's some Zelda stuff. But um, so Paulina Van Cleef, we hope to see you in, I suppose, season two of the show or who knows how else. There's been definitely some some deviations on this one, um, uh, but very welcomed. And uh, however, when I did see that the map, you know, with, just before the Raiders appear, like um, leading to Salt Lake City, and my heart like just sunk because I just, you kind of don't want, you really don't want certain things to happen, but you have to. So uh, let's have a look at the Metacritic and see what people are saying. The Last of Us. And you can just go kin, I'm sure. Pretty, pretty intuitive that there, Google. Um, it's yeah, seven point four. Um, again, climbing, I guess. Generally favorable, doing great. Twenty-three ratings. Let's have a look. All right. Beautiful. Time passes within a blink of an eye, but it's the dialogue that wins the most for me this week. Joel and Ellie, that subtle connection through conversation. Um, I thought they could only show via the game. It shines as the journey continues. So thank you, L. Jones. Um, episode was a calm breath of fresh air amongst all the chaos going into the show. There were some cheesy moments, but I think that describes the character arc of Ellie. And talking of character arcs, Joel's character also deviates to some extent in this episode, and I will say I kind of liked it. Uh, it shows the vulnerable side of the strong and fearless Joel, uh, which was huge for me to, to see Pedro like go there. He really brought it. I know I said Tommy. It's just because I, I I think we, we I was empathizing so much with Tommy wanting to see with, with Joel brothers wanting to see Tommy that when I saw him, I was like, I really like dove into like, I'm so glad Tommy's alive. He's doing well. He's got Jackson. He's got Maria. And it's like, you've got a good setup there. I mean, it might be the apocalypse, but Jackson looks like a sure bet. And it's certainly 
a super cozy place that I would like once you found Jackson to my mind, like, why would you leave? But clearly, you know, there's, there are reasons why and they present themselves later. But, um, but yeah, Joel was, was huge. Pedro like really knocked it out of, um, out of the park with his portrayal and, and going there, you know, in all of these scenes, obviously the one where he's confessing to Tommy, you know, a huge one, but then also the famous confrontation, uh, with um with Ellie over him wanting to leave her behind and a great thing from a uh, great thing that uh, Craig said was um I you know she's she feels safer with um her around she with him around and but he feels um less safe he feels more scared so yeah she feels less scared when um he's around and and he feels uh, more scared and I just found that so tragically poetic because he knows that he, he puts her at ease but she makes him scared it's just it's beautiful poetry like poetry of the human condition right there um so yeah solely focus on the relationship no infected in this one and uh, the bonding between joel and ellie that between uh and that between joel and tommy though tommy's character could be given a bit more depth it's all right i i disagree i think uh he did gabriel luna we've been giving hands to you know, applauses to um, people throughout our reviews, and so had to had to be said. So there were also some moments which were not explained, but given that they were not significant either, I'll allow it. And last but not least, the ending may be a, a shocking moment uh, for first time watchers, but for those who have played the game, the ending is underwhelming. Oh no, 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 no! It's fine. It's it's a tension. It's a, a cliffhanger. Yeah, it's like come back next week and see if Joel's okay. It's it's so pulpy. I love it. Um, calm and dramatic, don't expect too much action. Ending shows us a glimpse of what's to come, believe me. Uh, it's going to be chaotic, so a lot more than you think. So I agree. So that's really good. Um, yo, it's it's uh, it's early on with the with the, the, the IMDb, so in terms of like trivia and stuff like that, but we may as well have a quick little look-see, see if anything comes up. Um, most businesses in the town signed agreements regarding the show's impact with the production paying between um, 1,000 Canadian and 1,500 Canadian per day. Oh, it's a fair bit of trivia. Let's go. So approximately 300 extras were used as well as horses. Um, during Joel and Ellie's stay, the community center is showing the 1977 Neil Simon comedy, The Goodbye Girl, which um, I don't know about. And, you know, they, they breezed. I mean, understandably, it's like I think it's a shared knowledge for them uh neil and craig but troy didn't know about it so the goodbye girl let's educate ourselves folks um so 1977 uh richard dreyfus uh, after being dumped by her live-in boyfriend an unemployed dancer and her 10 year old daughter are reluctantly forced to live with a struggling off-broadway actor <laughs> thank you neil simon for making us laugh about falling in love again so amazing and uh dreyfus from just something about the vibe of the show, uh, about this of 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 the of the film. I, I haven't seen it either, but um, you know, obviously with Spielberg and Jaws and stuff, and you know, Richard Dreyfuss. Like I just from that little glimpse they saw, I just was like, it was like enveloped in coziness. So, um, but uh, it's it has you know some ties to Last of Us with the idea of like things shifting suddenly, and suddenly a ten year old um, is now and then taking this as the the Ellie figure, you know bonding with uh someone who isn't their father you know um and that's that's ellie and joel right there so 
Um, a haunting piano cover of Depeche Mode's Never Let Me Down Again plays over the ending of the episode in credits. That's true. And the town of Jackson doesn't actually appear until part two of the game franchise, with the exception of a brief overhead uh, view in part one. That's right. Uh, Joel and Ellie's encounter with Tommy and Maria takes place at a nearby hydroelectric dam. That's true. That's correct. Um, in late November of 2021, filming occurred at Mount Royal University and the Southern Alberta Institute of Technology, expected to recreate the fictional University of Eastern Colorado from the game. Uh, snow was removed at SAIT and foliage was added to both locations to produce an autumnal setting. I love that. Also, randomly, if you're listening, whatever, like just to kind of intrude in, but the, like the way that they did, the, those monkeys, it was it was trippy. And I, I got very scared for a teensy bit about um whether or not they uh would like be infected like monkey clickers for a split second i was pretty pretty tripped out and, and, and scared about that so uh the tipsy bison also makes an early appearance when joel and tommy go there for a private discussion so yeah it's it was just a part two it's like a out of nowhere like gift of part two-ness which is my favorite of between the two you know um so Marlon, Graham Greens mentions the Wind River Reservation. Incidentally, Graham Greene co-starred in the film Wind River, directed by Taylor Sheridan. So let's look that up. Wind River. Taylor Sheridan. Let's go. All right. 2017. This is awesome. Uh, a veteran hunter helps a FBI agent uh, investigate the murder of a young woman on a Wyoming Native American reservation. Um, let's see if we have any more connective dna yeah so he plays ben in that one um julia jones plays wilma lots of awesome um uh, indigenous uh actors really really rad uh, althea sam uh Tocala black elk tanto uh cardinal and tio briones kelsey asbil love it i might check that one out actually so thank you for the reco really really appreciate it julia jones is wilma rad so Seeming and it seems to be a pretty good film, 7.7. .7, so fun little recommendations. You have Goodbye Girl 1977, Wind River 7.7 .7 on IMDb, Goodbye Girl 7.4. So really cool. So I'll definitely be checking that out. Um, Maria reveals to Ellie that she once had a son named Kevin, who, according to a memorial in her house, died just two days after Outbreak Day. In both the game and its sequel, very little information on Maria's life prior to meeting Tommy is provided. So, bit of an insight there. Um, the Horseshoe Dam from Alberta, west of Calgary, um, was the dam shown for Jackson, Wyoming. So, I love the real world, um, like filming. So good. Uh, the file, the firefly symbols found on the fictional University of Eastern Colorado campus are yellow. Naughty Dog, the developer of The Last of Us and Uncharted series, commonly use the color yellow in their games as a way to guide players to ledges they should climb, objects to interact with, uh, or other ways to progress, uh, just as the symbol helps um, Joel and Ellie in this episode. I like that, for sure. Uh, Ellie's horse Shimmer from the second game briefly appears as a foal, which is beautiful, and I I really love that. It was... Uh, it was um, when I, like, as we were making our way through uh, part two, I was actually open for a split second. I was like, are we about to, like, aggressively deviate from the game? Because it's it's Jackson. And I was like, this is so weird and surreal. And I was like, are they going to stay there? But once again, it's it's it is it's the magic of what Craig and um, Neil did is that 
you make something that has been adapted previously before three times, four times, if you include like both re remasters, um, like the remastered and the remake and the stage production and all this. So it's very familiar. So they, they're just having fun with engaging the audience as like, hey, is this going to happen? But no, it's it's these gentle but not gimmicky and really intriguing and not also um, audience disrespecting kind of bait and switch, which is that we appreciate it. By the end of the bait and switch or by the end of just that kind of organic difference that makes us kind of lean in and, and you know, uh, stuff that, again, lots of love to John Favreau, but that shot for shot of, uh, Lion King in many ways it's like it took the lessons of that of like you can just do shot for shot and line for line with an adaptation but it's okay like you can trust you and I by the way I love that that Lion King film it's 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 a, a good time you know the live action one or you know um, CG one but uh, it really served the story well um, to to do it this way so for sure. So, um, yeah, as we mentioned before, Paulina Van Cleef is credited as Staring Girl, who stares at Ellie during her first meal in Jackson, based on the story of um, The Last of Us Part Two. This may be Dina, exhibiting an early interest in her future girlfriend. So beautiful. At the beginning of the episode, I was so happy to see Dina. Like, I, I must, I, I actually was like, oh my God, can't believe we get to see Dina this early. So cool. Uh, at the beginning of the episode, when Joel is interrogating the elderly couple for information about his brother's location, he tells the man to point at the map to check if the information coincides with the one given by his wife. In the game, Joel uses the same technique when torturing a group of scavengers who kidnap Ellie to find out where they took her. Heavy, maybe it's just by virtue of that appearing in this context, much more chilled out and cozy. By the way, I love those two, and I would see about being like, yo, I'm happy to stay with you guys. I'll just like help around the house. Would 100% want to just hang out with them. So cozy. And they're so funny. I love both of them so much. Um, so yeah, the way uh, Joel takes care of the scavenger that attacks them outside the university is reminiscent of the way the player can take care of enemies in the game. Yeah, just cracking the neck instead of um, making a big hoopla, you know. So uh, Tommy says, adios, big brother, to Joel. When they leave the town in the game, um, uh, in the game, it is Joel who says goodbye to Tommy in the same way, except, of course, he says, adios, little brother. So, so great. Love it. And once again, it's so interesting. So in the game, you had this thing of adios, which is, you know, it's a common thing. People say adios, even if you're not Spanish, you know, of, of heritage, Mexican or whatever, Hispanic. Um, but Pedro and, and Gabriela are, 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 you know, they they have that, they like that Spanish kind of, um, you know, that connection there uh, just from their heritage, which is so great. And I love that as well. So in the game, Ellie, it's almost like as though it's like, Oh, that was always meant to be, you know, the adaptation that yeah, even early, super early on. It's, I like to kind of think of like threads happening that way. So, um, but yeah, in the game, Ellie runs away after Joel decides to leave her with Tommy so he can take her with the fireflies. Uh, the scene in the room where Joel and Ellie talks happens after she's found. It's changed here, so everything happens in the town, but the whole argument they have the moment Joel enters in the room is taken exactly as it is in the game. That's true. And yeah, three months passing since the deaths of Henry and Sam, which is like merciful because I can't imagine how heavy it would have been for them uh, right after like... I mean, there's no episode there. I mean, Craig would even say it's like, 
I'll just let you know the day after nothing that we would want to put in a series would happen. It's just maybe even weeks of them like saying very little, you know, not being able to fully, uh, you know, as, as we see them do in this, uh, in this episode, which I love the scenes about, you know, again, Joel, again, it's covered so beautifully. I was wondering if they were going to and like sort of leave it up, but they were very comprehensive in the, uh, post your podcast i listened to like 80 percent of it uh i had to peel away uh just on the last 20 i'll probably listen to that right after recording this but uh yeah the idea of um raising sheeps and three two one spoilers yes uh with part two at one point yes uh, you're all left if you don't want yet to skip forward you don't want part two spoilers but uh yeah uh, ellie um raises sheep you know maybe in honor of joel so uh, just looking at some quotes here. Um, I love this thing of the gun is all the way over there. He didn't hurt me, by the way. Yeah, I got eyes. You made him soup. Yeah, I did. It's cold out. So charming. I love that. Um, we're somewhere here exactly where, and your answer better be the same as your wife's. Are you telling the truth? Yeah. Are you telling me the truth? Yeah. So charming. And once again, I don't know. I mentioned We mentioned this uh, um, on the last episode about like investing in uh characters even the smallest appearances to the degree where you would honestly truly want to see a series on based on them and I, again so far uh they um they really are knocking out of the park uh words seven eight nine thank you for joining uh i love the show that's cool hey we all have our opinions no worries thank you for sharing yours i really really love i think bella's doing something very special but again uh to each their own for sure so thank you for joining us on this Post show. Um, as we go later down the line with uh, the Topic Network, um, I know the episode released uh, five or six hours ago. The idea is we'll be able to react right on there straight after. So that's that is that is in the Topic Network's future for sure. Um, but I'll just uh, mellow from. The, I think we've explained and dove into everything here. I think there's actually. Let me bring it up here kin which kin obviously refers to brothers um and uh it's interesting maybe the uh, it's so funny this episode begins and i found that very interesting as a choice to just kind of remind us of like it just flashes forward so say if this was playing all as a giant movie right um one one big uninterrupted cut then it would fade out after they buried sam and henry fade out and then it would fade back into this thing of like, give me the gun, Henry, give me the gun, Henry. And then Henry, no, Henry, no, you know? Um, yeah. Interesting choice, but you know, I, I'm about it. I am. Uh, Jasmila Ishbanik, I think that's her name, but either way, massive applause to you. You absolutely nailed it. And I, yeah. Um, I think Bosnian was, uh, that's right. Sarajevo, Bosnia. And, and apparently in the choices that, you know, because apparently the directors were given choices of like, which episode do you want to direct? And she chose this one because she wanted to, to depict, um, she wanted to, uh, I think Craig had like, well, I'm, I had you in mind for this episode of like, maybe something more intense with like war and whatever. And she's like, yes, I've done these ones. I want to do something where like society's like functioning and not some of this stuff here, which I'll just bring up. Uh, so Aida, a translator for the UN, small town in um, Zerebranica, uh, when the Soviet army takes over the town, her, her family's among the thousands of citizens looking for shelter. So, yeah. 
Then you have a woman and her daughter struggle to make their way through the aftermath of the Bosnian war. Uh, uh, Babika, the land of my dreams. And Navutu is from Bosnia and, and Herzegovina. Uh, Herzegovina. Amar finds a new job working with a community of Muslims. This affects his relationship with his girlfriend, Luna, as his beliefs begin to change. So love that. And all of them, again, I'm really getting a strong sense that, you know, these are very, very good films. So you've, you've had like throughout the course of this uh, recording so far, we've only been recording for 24 minutes. That's like six or six or so solid uh, um, recommendations for um, for films to watch from here. Beautiful. So let's go through. I um, I really liked Amiria. I, I I liked her vibe, and I was for a split second there was this thing of Joel vilifying her, but that's not Maria's problem. That's Joel's problem, uh, and it, I'm glad there wasn't a thing of like Joel's situation with his levels of confidence in himself and, and these things of repressing how he's feeling and it affecting his heart. I love how Neil in the inside of the episode and Neil Druckmann mentioned it. Like we wanted her to pick that visually uh, with, with him. Um, but yeah, she's just a, again, it, you can deduce from, from, from Gabriel Luna's um, uh, Tommy. And it's funny, Joel says for um, asks actually pleads, his brother, like, don't tell Maria. But I think Maria would also be chill. She seems very chill. She she's obviously got a alpha streak or whatever. I don't know. I think they've just debunked the alpha beta, all that stuff. Like, I think the guy who wrote that paper has spent this whole time trying to debunk it. But uh, people have run off, run off with it. And sure, as long as we're using these terms, yeah, she seems like someone as an A type personality, like extroverted, like really like community leader, like. Rad, and she is like just seeing the energy that uh, Rutino Wesley brought, like very reassuring, very like authoritative, but kind as well. So, um, yeah, giving the diva cup and stuff, it was, it was great. A very powerful scene, and and you know, before I had, uh, and that's the it's actually in the thumbnail right now. Um, the scene with him fixing his boot and his brother bringing him his boots was just very, very endearing, you know. so and uh that bond and you know like oh you seem not to have aged like whereas you you know yeah you know this whole thing of, of tommy being uh becoming a father soon really really love that and and it's so funny he, he looks like uh adam driver's brother as well something just um hit me there with the with the visuals but uh he's again the vibes of 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 gabrielle as tommy and rutina as as Maria, I'm just all about it, and I, I heartily applaud the casting director, which we'll hopefully one day be speaking to at some point on the show. Uh, look at that amazing cake. Who wouldn't want to have that cake? And I love the the compliment that uh, that Ellie gives of like, you know, we we just have we straight up haven't had food this good like at all, you know. So I love that. Uh, very tense scene. This is, yeah, again, very iconic from as far back as the earliest trailer of The Last of Us. Um, and it is such a pivotal scene. But they, they didn't, it wasn't overburdensome. It was, it was very beautifully done, I think, um, to, to recreate it. Uh, so organically, I think uh, Bella mentioned that it was like she, she, she didn't sleep the night before. Like it was very uh, trepidatious to, to be doing that scene because of its iconicness. But they, they just handled it and... I think it was 
It served very well for that reason. So phenomenal. Phenomenal episode. We'll, we'll keep this one a little bit shorter because um, we don't have the gang. But uh, whatever we don't discuss, we will be discussing on the deep dive in a week's time, uh, or rather in six days' time on Sunday. So, folks, let me tell you, just again, we don't have ads here, but what we do do have is uh, admin. <laughs> no ads, just admin. Um, so the Topic Network, discussing everything together. You're on it right now. And I'm very glad you're here uh, because it lets me bring you in with a giant hug, which I do for everyone who visits, whether they're a host or a guest or even like an interested passerby. And even if you're like, oh, who's this guy hugging me? And he sort of leaves uh, or, or they leave. That's fine. But the vibe that I have, as I've always had with uh, the Topic Network since 2015 and starting it back then is uh, why not have a big kind of like super eclectic uh, and definitive place that's like, Go and talk about the thing you love. You can see there in the background, like the medieval podcast. We have a Reign of Fire podcast that's coming up. Um, we have um, every possible show you can imagine. And then say you join and you're like, Albert, I have this plan. You might not be thinking about this, but I want to talk about like Georgia, Georgia Romero movies. Like I'm a big zombie guy and I want to talk about those. Then I would immediately open up my my ears would perk and we would talk about that. And I swear, like joining as a patron, we could workshop that, design the art, and then like have that show together. So uh, very sweetly, I think some of my co-hosts on um, the uh, Zelda podcast, uh, they were like, wow, you're really going for it, are you with it? I'm like, yes, because someone has to do this. Someone has to, and I can't help but putting this together. It's just so much fun. So we have the Dune podcast building up to Dune uh, in November. So whatever you join as you're interested in or maybe interested in joining adding your voice to that's the uh that's the whole vibe with with the topic network is um uh, but not just joining the shows i mean i post all this behind the scenes stuff on the patreon just for for folks like the family the patron peeps uh you know the the chums patron chums i'm coming up with names for you guys constantly but uh andrew smallwood from the uk comic man andy john jereza franco ripple whitney fishback Douglas Feld, Robin Ruby, and Mark from Legion of Comics, and uh, Julia from Twin Peaks Cafe. They are my gems, my champions, my legends, and um, lots of love and good vibes to all of you for helping this show grow and become increasingly the best version of itself. So, uh, yeah, I just moved the artwork there. You can see the Ghibli podcast we have later this month. It's a very, hopefully it's not too niche, but... Um, the Alien podcast, right? In April, we have Alien Day on uh, 426, uh, 26th of April, um, based on like LV426. But um, later this month, is it marks the in-universe. So it's in the universe of Alien, Alien the day that uh, Wayland, Peter Wayland, gave his speech uh, about like Prometheus, the god of fire and stuff. Um, or who gave fire to humans and was punished for it. So we're going to be recording on that day um, just to talk about, you know, the saga and where things are going. And I think probably talk about my love for Prometheus, really. And it'll be the debut of the episode here uh, in the studio instead of uh, field recorded, which was the last one. So uh, so there's a little tease of what's coming up. Obviously, we have massive things. Let's see if I can rattle them off. Uh, obviously, March, you have John Wick and... Uh, um, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, again, there's a corresponding show for each of those. You might be like, Albert, a John Wick podcast? It's like, yes. 
because we have Ballerina coming out, which I believe will, will be a, a movie with Ana de Armas. But then we have The Continental, which is, I mean, it is the show with the infinite premise. It is this assassin society worldwide. And so there'll be post shows and deep dives for all of those. And I dare say Keanu being involved would be great in that as well. Um, speaking of Keanu, my goodness, this year, 2003, if you remember 20 years ago, massive year for the matrix uh reloaded um uh enter the matrix uh the animatrix all three of those came out in 2003 so we have i think it's may is the first one uh then june and then uh later in november yes in november there's a uh, revolutions um uh 20 year extravaganza so it's going to be a massive year if you're a matrix person so uh and then who the heck knows around about um june will have so much planet of the ape stuff to discuss i think uh considering it's coming out the year uh to come and uh oh my gosh indiana jones you can see it there in the bottom right uh immen immeasurably excited for that and tiny little thing i guess you could say little indie project star wars is gonna have who am I getting? A massive year this year. So Charmin Obaye Chinoy and uh, um, uh, David Lindelof. Damon Lindelof going to be on that stage uh, in April um, in two months' time announcing new films. And we'll be covering that and watching along. And that'll be its own gigantic episode of the Star Wars podcast, which has been going on for ages. If you're curious, I think... I, I think oh, sorry for hitting the microphone. But yeah, um, yeah, we started with the Bloodborne podcast, so uh back in the day and that is actually represented right there just in the o of topic which i just realized may have been inadvertent but just right there in the center so we'll, we'll never forget our um origins and maybe maybe even discuss uh bloodborne at some point i just need a bloodborne head to join the topic network just like hey albert uh, let's talk about Pthumeru, and i'll be like let's Pthumeru it up folks You've been so lovely. Thank you for joining me on this immediate after show for The Last of Us, episode six, Kin. 10 out of 10 for me. Make sure to have a lovely rest of your day. And until next time.